Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. We really hope we see you there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You don't want to make people worried or feel like they need to do something that they don't need. I mean, when you're young, like, enjoy being young. I I don't even like the concept, really, of pre-rejuvenation. You know, I don't really think... You don't need that. You just need your basics. Hello, and welcome back to Should I Delete That? I'm Alex Light. And I'm Em Clarkson. How are you doing, Al? I am. I am good. My good is that I am away. I'm on holiday. You're alive! <laughs> I, I am alive. Well, that's my awkward. We'll get on to that. <laughs> but I am I am away. I'm away with all my family. We've come away to celebrate two big birthdays. And there's, there are 14 of us here. Uh, that includes Worth. two kids, two pregnant ladies. Uh, so it's... <laughs> A lot, but it's good. It's really nice. We're missing you. It's not the same. It's hot though, right? In England. I mean, it's probably not... I'm not in the bikini. It's all right. It's kind of hot in the kind of like... The planet's getting way too warm and it's a bit distressing, but we don't want to talk about that every day. So we're just kind of making do. Oh, okay. I keep seeing videos of people like sweating on the tube and it's like... Yeah, it's been a lot of that. It is raining today though. Thank God. Oh, hallelujah. Couldn't come soon enough. Because, like, you know me, I love the sun sun as much as the next girl, but it does get to a point in mid-October where I just think, nah, not having that. No, fuck that. Turn it down. Do you know, I... My awkward comes off the back of my good because I am away and I have been very bad on social media just because there's so much going on here and... I also don't really know what to post and whatever. Anyway, I went into my DMs last night and, like, I think a few people think I've just died. <laughs> They're like where have you gone like are you are you okay because I mean it's been actually it's, it's been almost a week since I posted properly Woo. so a few people think I have passed I guess I worry less because <laughs> I know that you are alive like no, I, I, I see you on whatsapp but that's true that's a lot and I see you watching my stories as well yeah, yeah I'm here I'm here I'm, and I'm still watching everyone's stories yeah. I'm just I you're like a, yeah you're like an ex that ghosted me I'm like I can still see her <laughs> she's still alive she's I'm just there incognito um Mm -hmm. that's my awkward i am alive talk to me good or awkward okay good good very good i ran a half marathon on sunday (gasps) you did well done i did which yeah honestly i'm so pleased it's done it felt amazing it was so good like i'm really proud of myself like I'm really proud of myself. I don't think I realised the toll that training for that so soon postpartum without childcare has taken on me. Um, It just took, it was just a lot. It was just a lot. So I'm really, 
really relieved that it's done now because I feel like I can just not have to run a half marathon for a bit and I think that's probably gonna be good for me but I did love it like <laughs> it was good <laughs> yeah I feel like it's gonna be good um I, I loved it so much and I don't want to like I, you know I've still got like big plans for challenges next year and stuff but I just think like I just want to focus on just like having a little bit of gym time and just getting back in the good headspace and like not having the pressure of like that massive challenge ahead of me because I just didn't know I was yeah. like I feel like I'll probably be fine but I I cannot guarantee that. So I was just nervous and it was just yeah. stressful. And obviously Arlo was poorly, like so poorly last week. And then the half marathon being on the Sunday on the back of that, where like when you've got, when you're breastfeeding and your baby's poorly, they do not stop breastfeeding. Like she, I, I could not, put, I don't think I put her really? down for more than five minutes last week. Like she couldn't not be on me. Every time she wasn't on me, she was crying. And so I was so physically drained by the time it came to the run. On Saturday, and I was like, I just don't think I could do it. I just kept crying. Like, I was not okay. But, but, I pulled through. You did my, it. Yeah, my rags to riches. Um, I, I did it. And I was really proud. And I think I was even more proud of myself in the context of the shittiest week ever. So my expectations were in the bin. So I just did really well. So it was amazing. Well so done. Really proud of myself. Well done. Thanks so That's much. really cool. Thank you so much. Is it 13 miles? 13.1, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a lot. That's not. That's so no good. small feat. That's no, a lot. I loved it. I honestly, I loved it. Do you want anything bad? Um, my bad is that we didn't win an award. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. We were nominated for awards. We Actually, were nominated. we've been nominated for two awards recently, and we have won neither. We've lost them both. But we are a podcast and nominated. Both. We're a nominated. So that's my bad. Award nominated. We're like Leonardo DiCaprio, Al. Yes. Just never getting oh the recognition we deserve. Funnily enough, I have a photo of Leonardo DiCaprio right next to me and I don't know why. Love that. If we ha- Wait, how long did he have to wait for his Oscar win? I think about 18 years. <laughs> okay, fab. Okay. So not bad. And just to manage expectations, I don't think it's going to be an Oscar or anything of that calibre when, when it comes. But one day... Oh my God. 22 years. Yeah, I ain't got that kind of patience. Where are we? So in, in 2045... Maybe we'll have an award under our belt. Maybe. Maybe, baby. Um, okay, my bad, just quickly, is that... Oh, right, Alex is going flying. My husband, Alex, is flying a plane on Saturday. It was... Himself? Yeah. Oh, God. Have you seen him driving a car? <laughs> Cause I haven't, actually, because you tend to drive. Maybe that says everything. I need to know. No, I see what, he's really good at driving and... He's good at driving a car. I think what happened is he only learned to drive a car about five years ago, maybe. When I got together with Alex, he couldn't drive because he lived in Dublin. And you just don't really... It's a kind of... Same for a lot of people who live in cities. You just don't really need a car. And you don't really need to know how to drive. And he could just, like, walk to school. And then he could just walk to uni because he was at UCD and he lived in Dublin. So it's like he didn't have to drive anywhere. So he never drove. And I've got that thing. Because I kind of taught him how to drive... It doesn't matter how good at driving mm. he is. In my head, he's still shit at driving. Do you, you know remember. what I mean? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember all those moments, like mm. fucking closing my eyes and just praying to the baby Jesus that we were going to be okay when we went across a mini roundabout without stopping. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now he's going in a plane yeah. to fly shit. it. Shit indeed. Why? Because it's his dream. And this was oh. his 30th birthday present. Not from me. Because I think it's a horrible idea. So, so, so it's a little plane, right? We're not talking like a yeah, he's an not easy taking jet like plane. an easy jet, no. <laughs> like an Emirates, like yeah. he's, he's doing the Dubai, <laughs> the, yeah, the Dubai one actually. <laughs> no, yeah, it's so a little it's plane. A little plane. It's a little plane. Okay. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I'm but there's pilots on board, right? Obviously. Well, there's him Hopefully. and a pilot. Yeah. Shit. Shit. That's so cool. Shit, yeah. Will you take video footage of it? No, I'm not going. Okay, fine. I didn't want the... Okay, like, God forbid it goes terribly. I didn't want to see that. The, the call will be horrible enough. <laughs> but to have the fireball forever imprinted in my mind is not what I want. No, I get that. I, I can't get that. go. I hope he has a really nice morning and I pray to God that he survives because I can't <laughs> do this alone. I am crossing everything. This, yeah. But, but <laughs> you bought this for too. him, right? This was your no, present no, to no, him. No, no, no. He uh, told me. He I was told me. Say, why no, did you buy no, no, it? No, no, He told me it's all I want. It's all I want for my birthday. It's all I want for my birthday. And you know what I did with that information? Oh. Nothing. I ignored it. Buried because, it. Yes, yeah. I was like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I'm getting yeah. you a bag. <laughs> I don't care about your dreams. <laughs> But, unfortunately, other people in his life listened. Twats! I know. I know. I'm furious. Okay. I'm furious. I pray for Alex's safe return from flying himself. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh no. I know. It's not okay. I'm, I'm terrified. Have you done your awkward? No. I've just kind of had a bit of an awkward week, to be honest. Um, randomly, it's been the week of, like, experiences for my family. Because last weekend, my Christmas present from my dad was that all of us kids got a racing day last year that's cool yeah it was nuts right but like you have to drive like formula well formula three cars was one of them catrims the catrim i was really good at like that was insane like i was doing like, donuts they're like little rally cars they're so cool and my mum actually used to rally still does actually my mum still rallies obviously because my mum does everything cool but she still rallies catrims she does these all women rallies actually not all women she's done some all women but she doesn't with men as well anyway so I was really good at that. I, I, I won out of our group. Thanks. Well done. Thanks. Well but, done. Um, the rest of it, the rest of it, oh, I was so shit at. It was actually embarrassing. This, my awkward was just how bad I was at it. Like, oh. we did we did go-karting. Then there was a Formula 3 thing. And there was a few different things. And the, at one point, I span off when I was driving the Formula 3 car by myself. Span yeah. off the track. And then I couldn't start the car again. Like, how embarrassing oh God, is how that? Embarrassing. How embarrassing. And I was pressing the button. And, and I remember thinking when they told us what to do if we span off, I remember thinking, I'm not going to spin off because I'm not going that fast because that seems incredibly reckless. Like, I, 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 I'm a slow corner queen. Like, there's no way I'm going to spin off. So I didn't listen to that bit because I was like, it won't happen. Sure enough. And not you once, twice. I, twice. Twice. First time I went into the corner too fast. Second time I went in too slow. I didn't even know that was possible. But if you brake too hard in one of those cars, woo, you're out of there. I felt like you, safety Susan. I was going to say, it reminds me of me and your Hendy when we went on the bumper cars and <laughs> yeah. all I could do was go backwards and I couldn't go forwards. Oh God, it was, just, it was a bit embarrassing, you know. Oh. I just I didn't have the confidence in that. And I wouldn't have mind, you know what? They say about those days, they say that, the, the instructor told me that he prefers teaching women because women listen and they want yeah, to learn. Yeah. So men come in there with their egos. They go too fast, too soon, spin off, yeah. and that's that. Whereas women normally come in slowly and they learn. And I'm actually annoyed at the day because if I'd have had longer, I think I'd have been really good. But as it was, I was mm. constantly in the way. Everybody overtook me. I had, I was the only, when we got, they got to the thing at the end and he went, uh, he was like, so who looked in their wing mirrors? And everyone, and all the men were like, I didn't even know I had wing mirrors. And I was like, I I couldn't not look in my wing mirrors because I literally, every time I looked in, there was someone else waiting to get past. It was tragic. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't peg you for, I thought you'd be like Speedy Gonzalez, honestly. My mum, 
describe me as a kid and it it remains i am a cautious hooligan like the minute i've got the hang of something i'm like speed 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 the minute i know it's safe mm. like roller coasters i'm like let's fucking go yeah. go go they've been safety checked i am going yeah with the catrum the minute i got the hang of it i was like and we're out of here like i'm so good at this but when i'm not good at something i need to get my bearings i need to know that it's safe and then I'll push it. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I get you. So I didn't have enough time. You just needed longer. I just, just needed, needed longer. longer. So I've actually decided with that in mind to completely change my career. And I'm heading in the direction of Formula 3. <laughs> I'm going to be really Well, good. speaking of Formula stuff, did you see um, Mercedes released Toto's uh, AI album, uh, um, AI <sighs> I yearbook you, I thought you were going to say nudes. <laughs> That would be nice. Mercedes released. That would be nice. That would be lovely. No, we can't say that. We want Susie. We can't say that. It would be nice. (laughs) That would be nice. Oh, come on, guys. And now, Uh, and now, we're sex pests. And now we must go into our episode. We must. We must. Uh, Oh, a very informative episode this time with an with an expert. A consultant dermatologist, no less. I out outed myself in the first like minute of this interview as <laughs> a disgusting creature, human being. <laughs> and as soon as I saw M's face, I was like, "Oh, I've made a mistake. <laughs> I shouldn't have admitted this." <laughs> um, so that's good. Anyway, all all about skin, everything about skin. I hope you enjoy. Here is Dr. Alexis Granite. Hi Alexis. Hi. Thank you so much for coming in. This is strange seeing you in this context because normally I don't know. I've I've known you for years. I don't even know how long, but I interviewed. I've interviewed you loads for Hello, and actually, very important point of how we know each other. And content warning: this could be sexy. You got rid of a very long-standing Veruca that I just couldn't get rid of. Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't even remember that. That's so funny. I remember you froze it. You froze it off me. I tried. Why did you put yourself on blast like that? I know. I know. No. Well, I mean, we've done worse on this podcast. Then I feel like Veruca's pretty bad. I had one that I could not get rid of. Oh wait a minute! It's coming. It's all coming back now. I do remember. Yeah, that was awful. It was awful. I love that. That's so brave of you. You took your Veruca. I know. I think that's how we first met. It is. For the Veruca. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so there we go. You look horrified. <laughs> I am horrified. How did that come to be? Was that swimming. a work thing? No, no, swimming. no, 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 not how you got the Veruca. Oh. I mean, how did you like bring that up to your editor? Like, oh, I just need... Um. I think I interviewed you for Hello. And while I was there, I was like, hey, do yes. you know how I get rid of this Veruca? Because I've been trying really hard, really, really, yes, really hard for yes. a long time. Yes. And you were like, right, we need to get that... <laughs> Nitrogen, the yeah, liquid nitrogen, liquid nitrogen. Oh, freeze, yeah, it off. freeze it off. Very, yeah. very that, painful yeah. when it gets through to the nerve, but <laughs> but it worked. Oh my god! Yeah, there you go. God, well that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I told quite, you it was quite the intro. Yeah, sexy, yeah. sexy content. That was not the intro. I we were having. But I think it's funny because I think some people are so used to seeing me in one setting, you know. So when, yeah. you, when I, sometimes I see patients outside of clinic and they're always a bit, I think, thrown. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just funny, so used to seeing it? you in the clinic room. I know it's weird. Whenever I think of skin, I always think of like skin on your face. I never think about like your whole skin. Like I never think of like Avruka being like a dermatologist issue or like yeah. eczema or something. Yeah. Right. Of course it is, but. I don't think about it in that context. I developed psoriasis when I was pregnant and now it's gone again. Is that normal? 
It can. It can happen because of hormones. I've actually seen, was it a kind of psoriasis called guttate psoriasis? No like idea. little tiny ones all yeah. over? It's like, no, 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 just on, like, one patch on my arm. Oh, okay. And I got it and I was like, oh, this is really weird. And then I had it like the whole way through the pregnancy. And then right at the end, when I went for my six week appointment, I said to the doctor, I was like, oh, um, I think I developed eczema when I was pregnant. And he just looked at me, he's like, no, that's psoriasis. I was like, oh, okay. And then it's just gone again. Yeah, it's they so can weird. look very similar. Yeah, that does sometimes happen. It has to do with hormones, really. And then it, it hopefully it won't happen again if you become pregnant, but it's yeah. possible. And then it kind of fades. Fine. Cool. So yeah, that's my personal you, question. There's um, melasma that I've been worried about in pregnancy because I've got it anyway. Yep. And that's a big one during pregnancy, so unfortunately. Very melasma. much out the sun. Yeah. Oh my God, my skin changed so much when I got pregnant. I, I've always been able to just tan and tan and tan and tan and tan. And then when I got pregnant, it was like, like cooked me. I was yeah. like the color of the sea. Yeah. And melas- so melasma is a type of pigmentation. They call it like the mask of pregnancy, basically. It can come, it can happen to men too, but it's very common in women, um, particularly if you go on oral contraception or during pregnancy just from hormone changes. And it tends to be kind of dark patches in characteristic areas. So cheeks, forehead, above the lip. Wow. I have it I have it above my lip. It drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> and it's just tricky because it. it can be hard to get rid of. Um, it okay. tends to recur. And so it's it can be quite frustrating yeah I've got the mustache I've got the mustache too yeah. my son likes to point it out when, when I go on the side, he's like you have a mustache he's so kind thanks he's just I haven't actually even said what you do you're a consultant dermatologist <laughs> sorry probably this has all been a bit confusing now because like verrucas and melasma <laughs> you're a consultant dermatologist um, and you cover well everything right yes And we wanted to speak to you about skin because there are a lot of questions about skin and obviously, and I think there's a lot of confusion about skin, specifically skincare, since it's become so big online. And actually, I think because it's become so accessible over the past few years, hasn't it? It's become really affordable and accessible, which it just wasn't before. And there's so many new ingredients that we need and and it's, it's become quite confusing and a lot of conflicting information. So we wanted to get you on and we asked for questions, skin questions. We had an absolute ton of them. Okay. But I have put the main ones, um, the main ones together, the most common ones together. And I think it's a good place to start with affordable skincare and what we actually need, yeah. what's a fad, what ingredients are fads. You know, we're, we're bombarded with ingredients, niacinamide, vitamin C, retinol, all of them, hyaluronic acid. Like, which ones do we actually need? And what's the best, in your opinion, what is like really good, affordable skincare? Okay, got it. So I would say, I think some of it depends truthfully on age and what you're looking for. But I think the building blocks of any good routine are cleanser, moisturizer, sunscreen. You gotta you gotta start with those. What about moisturizer that's got sunscreen in it? It's probably it depends. It could be okay. The the issue with that is that, and the same goes for makeup with sunscreen, is that you need to basically put two. The good kind of rule of thumb actually with fin- rule of fingers, is to put the first two fingers lengths worth of sunscreen on your face. So if you were to take your index finger and your middle finger, put a strip of sunscreen on each, that's going to be enough to cover your full face. I see. So you, it's just sometimes I think you skimp a little bit, particularly with makeup. I think that's nearly impossible to achieve. Okay. But with moisturizer with sunscreen in it, you know, probably if unless you're really consciously thinking about it you're not going to be putting that much moisturizer on your face so it's just putting the amount that you need on to obtain the coverage that you know it says on the bottle spf 30 spf 50 um so i do that with my fingers i always think of people who have like 
big hands and a small face. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm like, it's true. just like drowning. In- it's true. That's like my it's Alex. Yeah. He's got really big hands and a small face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or maybe really small hands and really and big, big face, face, I guess. Yeah. But it's a good general rule. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not for everyone. Um, so I think sometimes, again, it can be hard to achieve uh, just with a built-in sunscreen moisturizer. But overall, those are the building blocks for anybody, whether you're a teenager all the way up to your 80s, 90s, and older. Um, and then I think the active ingredients, so all the things that we hear about, whether it's like a TikTok trend or just that you see in skincare and stores, things like vitamin C, hyaluronic, retinol, et cetera, um, those tend to come in more when you're dealing with looking at problem-based skincare. So skincare where you're trying to achieve something beyond just, you know, your daily moisture and your daily sun protection. So I'd say, you know, it's hard because it's a little bit different for everyone, but I'd say some of my, well, so overall, I think for most dermatologists, one of our favorite ingredients is retinol. I don't know if you guys have ever used retinol before. I yeah. just got into it and then I got pregnant. Yeah. So, and I'm still breastfeeding. So, can you? Yeah. Use so, I wouldn't use it during pregnancy yeah, and breastfeeding. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but retinol basically is derived from vitamin A and essentially it does a little bit of everything. It turns the skin over, it unclogs pores, it helps with pigmentation, helps stimulate collagen. So, to me, that's a great one to, to use kind of ongoing from a young age all the way through. Two questions about ret- retinol. Yes. First one being, um, the person that you and I were talking about before we started recording, that's a very organic skincare yes. person, <laughs> it's quite anti-retinol. And I think there's quite a lot of that in like in sort of nat- natural spaces. Yeah. And I've heard quite a lot of arguments against it. Yeah. Is there any ground to that? I mean, in my that? mind, no. Okay. Um, I think the main thing that tends to happen with retinol is that um, it can be quite irritating. So I think for a lot of people, if you jump right in, you're using it maybe every day, you're using a lot of it, it can cause a lot of irritation. I think there's also a myth that it thins the skin. That's um, what I've heard. Yeah, which really isn't true. So what it's doing is it's helping to shed the what's called the stratum corneum, the dead skin cell layer on top of the yeah. skin. So, uh, so yes, it is thinning that in a sense, but actually... Actually, it's building collagen. So over time, you're actually improving the quality of your skin and sort of thickening the skin, if you will. Okay. So it's really not thinning the skin in the long term. That's so interesting because I just got my husband using retinol, which, and I say this with a lot of love, like he's, because he's got quite, I don't know, he's got quite a lot of skin. So I kind of, <laughs> I think he needs a bit more collagen. Yes. <laughs> and he's a, he's a big, big face yeah, with a lot no, of skin. No, he's got small face, small face, but he's got too much skin. Oh. It's weird. Anyway, um... <laughs> It's not that skin that you can pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really yeah. Really far Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Like, weirdly far is there a name oh. for that? Yeah, well, he may... That he, there is a skin... There is a condition called Ehlers-Danlos, which is genetic, which yeah. can cause that, like, That's super, super stretchy. Part of it it does, well. but there are different variations, so some are much milder than others. So if it's really quite it's stretchy, really quite it could... Be that he has a variant. Oh my god, of that. picture for the Instagram. Yeah, we, yeah, need to, yeah. we need to see it. Yeah. He'll, be so, he'll be so up for that. It's, anyway, I digress. <laughs> so I thought retinol would be quite good for him because he is starting to age, yeah. which is, you know, all power to him and it's much easier for a man to age, so whatever. But um, he's starting to like get quite like. So I thought retinol would be really good, but then I took him for a facial at the organic place and they were like it is thinning your skin oh. out and so now I'm back to square one and he's like no I can't use the retinol oh no us. I would I would yeah I'm I'm a huge fan and I think most derms truthfully are big fans the one thing I would say as well it's just it's a little finicky when you use retinol so you do have to make sure you're wearing sun protection every day which hopefully you are anyway um, and then the other thing is it does make because it's 
loosening up that stratum corneum, it does make the skin more sort of friable. So if you are going to do procedures like facials or laser, or mm. we generally recommend stopping for several days before that. Um, and that definitely goes with waxing too, because a lot of people learn that the hard way. So if you're using retinol, you need to stop it a few days if you're going to wax anything on your face, because it does. I, I've had that oh, no. <laughs> happen where I'm like, it. I'm not using it on my eyebrows. I'll be fine. And then you take the wax off and it's just a big block of red oh, under I your eyebrow. Oh, I that. So it's red not good for anti-aging? 1,000%. Right, I'm so texting Alex right now. We are bringing that back in. So anti-aging, anti-blemish, wow. anti-pretty much everything. Isn't it the only, like, the only proven ingredient for anti-aging? Yeah, pretty pretty much. Outside of, um, like, SBF. Yes. So I'd say the other, so, I'd, so retinol, ideally, you're using in the evening. Um, and then kind of other ingredients to look for. I think another big kind of category, which I think can be really helpful for skin, particularly for anti-aging, are the antioxidants. So that's things like vitamin C, vitamin E. Um, And the reason for that is because they're going to protect against a few things. So one is against just sun and the damage that comes from sun exposure. Um, What happens when you're... when you're exposed to sun is obviously you tan and you know that's that's going on but at the other on the other hand your body your skin and your body are producing something called free radicals which mm-hmm. basically damage skin um, so antioxidants help prevent that so vitamin C is a great one um, and there's a whole bunch of brands as you know I'm sure that have vitamin C containing yeah. products um, and so I think that can be great for the morning so kind of putting in an, um, an antioxidant in the morning and then some sort of retinol in the evening. And quite honestly, that can be a great routine to start with, you know, with your cleanser, with your moisturizer, with your sunscreen. And it's relatively simple. You really don't need, you know, 10 to 15 steps. It just gets exhausting. And talking <laughs> about affordability, what are, the pri- what are the brands that you'd recommend with that in mind? Yeah. So I think, you know, I think French pharmacy type brands can be amazing for actives and just general skincare. So I tend to love Aven, La Roche-Posay. Um, CeraVe is also a great mass brand, which is super popular with teenagers in particular, but for all ages. So those are some of my favorite kind of boots type brands. Um, in the middle category, I would say Medicaid is a great one. Um, that's sort of your mid price point, And they have, a, a again, a ton of actives. So they're going to have a retinol, vitamin C. They have a whole host of other ones too, like you mentioned, hyaluronic acid um, and niacinamide. And then in your sort of higher category, I think SkinCeuticals is, is one of my favorites still. It's like the old the OG. <laughs> it is so expensive. <laughs> it I is. love seafood, but <laughs> yes. I, I can't yeah. part with that much yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, for basically my vitamin C yeah. serum, when you can get it at like Garnier for, you know, I just, but it is amazing though. Yes. I do, yeah. So it I is. think in any of those ranges, you can absolutely find really great products. Yeah. And sometimes you can also, I kind of like the concept of a high low. Maybe you're using your CeraVe moisturizer and sunscreen, but you're splurging on your vitamin C or do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think sometimes you don't have to have super high priced in you know in all of the products that you're using. Yeah. But if you want to kind of pick one, maybe that's, maybe you really want to like deep dive into your retinol. Maybe that's where you splurge and then the rest you kind of mix with. What is the, the more best like, retinol in your opinion? Two of my favorites probably are SkinCeuticals and uh, Medicaid. The Crystal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Complex. I like yeah. that one. The Medicaid one. I think that's what, that one's worth 
yeah, paying a bit more a, for. Yeah. Rodermic retinol from uh, La Roche-Posay is also quite good. Um, CeraVe, uh, unfortunately, they make a great retinol, but it's not available yet in the UK. It's only available in the US. So if you happen okay. to be traveling to the US, you yeah, can grab yeah. it from uh, CVS off the shelves. Okay. Um, it might not be long before it's No, here. it will come eventually, yeah. I'm sure. But... Um, but you really can mix high and low for sure with your skincare. That's really helpful to know like the different brands that you that you rate in the different markets. It's so difficult, isn't it? Because it's like vitamin C. There are th- like thousands, so many. Yes. And so many say like different um, percentages. Some don't give their percentages at all. Yeah. Uh, some have different ingredients added to them, like the CE Ferulic, which has got vitamin E and ferulic acid. What things are like, I guess, red flags when buying skincare for you? Like, do do you do you go for the straight up ingredient, like this only contains vitamin C, or do you try and get have other ingredients added to it? Have you got any like red flags or like green flags? Yeah, you know? I think, well, I think, you know, overall, when you're looking at the sort of big long-standing trusted brands, I think in general, you can have pretty good confidence that they're putting in what they say they're putting in. When it comes to vitamin C, you generally want to be looking for L-ascorbic acid, which is the most active form of vitamin C. And then you're right, some some do put the concentration in, some don't. You generally want to hover around anywhere between sort of 10 and 15, 10 and 20 percent. Um, I think it's absolutely fine to combine uh, vitamin C with other ingredients, particularly other antioxidants like a CE ferulic, because those are all basically antioxidants in there. Um, so I don't think that's a red flag. One thing that is a red flag, particularly around vitamin C, is that you need it to be an opaque or dark pack, um, which because essentially vitamin C is very easily oxidized um, on exposure to air and light. So if you you are putting it in a in a clear like a very clear bottle it's just not going to protect that formulation and you're not going to get the longevity oh, out so of it interesting when the liquid goes because it does go darker doesn't it it yeah. oxidizes and it just it does go darker is it still effective Yes. I mean, it, so generally with products, you can get, usually it'll say, it might say on the label, like how long you can keep it for once it's been opened. So yeah. um, you'll see like a little jar and then a little lid coming off with a time frame. I don't know if you ever noticed right. it on the back. Yeah. So usually it ranges, the shortest I've ever seen, I think is maybe six months and then it can go all the way up to 24 months. With something like vitamin C, you could, you kind of have to respect that a little bit because I do think opening and closing it constantly yeah. um, it can start to, you know, wear in terms of efficacy. So I would say you're probably going to get, you know, your nine months out of it and then it's going to have to be tossed in the bin. But hopefully by then you've used it all. (laughs) It's probably hilarious, like, watching me do my vitamin C because I try and minimise the time that it's open for, like, to as little as possible. So I'm literally like, open it, I'm going to put it back on quickly. (laughs) No no one distract me. Well, that's why you don't don't see vitamin C a lot in jar jar products either Mm. because, again, you're, like, keeping that quite open and closing. It's it's not going to be potentially as effective over the long run. And what do you think of like um, prescription skincare brands that have become really popular, like Skin and Me, Dermatica? Can't remember the other one's name, but those kind of you know the the ones that yeah yeah it's that's... like it's it's more tailor made. You know you yeah. you send your photos in and you describe your skin type, and then a dermatologist will prescribe you yeah your own uh, bespoke yeah. No, skincare. I think there's a real place for that. I think especially because as you said. 
there is so much out there and it can be quite confusing. So if we were to go through the list of all the ingredients available, you know, that are quote unquote actives, things like hyaluronic acid, peptides, azelaic acid, I mean, there's the list is sort of endless. So I think it can be really helpful if you don't really know where to start to, to kind of invest in that, get a sense of what your concerns are, and then you can kind of have a more tailor-made um, regimen. So I think truthfully, there's there's room for both. I think if you're interested in trying a lot of different products and kind of seeing what's out there, you can certainly buy off-the-shelf you know, skincare that's amazing. Um, but I think sometimes the tailor-made stuff is quite good for people that A, maybe don't know where to begin, and B, maybe have a real specific concern, but then maybe don't have access to a dermatologist, you know, to see in clinic. Yeah. Um, that can be a great, I think, in between, particularly yeah. for conditions like melasma or breakouts, things like that. Can I ask about the eye, ba- eye, ba- eye skin, eye bags? So I don't look after my, the skin under my eyes at all because I don't know how. This is, And I feel like I finally got the hang of like the rest of my skin. I Honestly, when you guys are speaking about acids, pepsides, everything, I'm, I have I really struggle with it. I find it very overwhelming. I finally got into a good routine, which I I cannot fuck with. But I do think I should add something for my eye bags because I'm starting to get wrinkly, which is fine because I'm I have a baby now and I'm getting old and I never sleep, so it's, it's whatever. But um, is there anything I can do to help? Because obviously you can't do retinol while I'm breastfeeding. Do yeah. You, is there because I see a lot of products for under eye bags. Is yeah. there like actually a need for them? And if so, what's good? I don't necessarily think everyone needs a dedicated eye product, particularly if you're or it's not like you're not putting those products On near the, the eye. eye. And the truth is that just to give you a perfect example, when I waxed my eyebrows and have the skin came off, I wasn't putting the the retinol there. The the products do diffuse throughout your skin. It's not like they know where to stop on your cheek and they're not going up to the skin around the eye. So yeah. you are getting benefits when you're using things like retinol, vitamin C, kind of all over your face. Um, I think if people do have a lot of sort of puffiness under their eyes or they're really noticing maybe wrinkling and they want to invest in more of an active-related eye product, things like caffeine can be helpful, peptides. You can actually, again, if you're not using a retinol on your whole face but you want to maybe just target the skin around the eye, they actually do have eye creams that have retinol in them. So I think if you're going to use something for your eyes – it's worth kind of investing in something that has actives in it rather than just a nice moisturizer because you're well, going to be using I that figured. on your skin anyway. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they just look like moisturizers but more expensive in smaller pots. And <laughs> I couldn't really well, – I just didn't know if there's any merit to them. So. It's a fa- I find it faffed. Yeah, and they see yeah. you have to do it so gently. Yeah. It's like tap, 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 So tap. Like, I have to be honest, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit quick with my skincare and I, I love to use – you know, good products and lots of actors, but I, I don't actually use a dedicated eye cream. Makes me feel better. On that is um, things like jade rollers. Yeah. Around, you know, for puffiness and stuff like yeah. that. Jade rollers and gua sha. Gua sha, yeah. What do you make of them? I think also can be great and great tools to, to kind of supplement what else you're doing. I think with any of those home tools, so whether it's jade rollers, gua sha, microcurrent devices, LED, because I recommend those a lot to patients. So LED is where you either use a pen or a mask that has little tiny lights in it that go through different wavelengths. So red, blue, green, et cetera. And all of those lights have different benefits for the skin. Microcurrent um, is things like New Face, which deliver a little bit of like electrical impulses essentially into the skin. Um, and all of those, so alongside things like jade rollers and gua sha, they have their benefits. So I would say jade rollers and gua sha are to kind of stimulate the circulation, kind of get lymphatic drainage so they can reduce puffiness, just give you a nice glow. But obviously you have to keep doing them in order to maintain the benefit. So if that's going to be something you're going to do a few times a week or every day, 
great if it's something you're like pulling out once a month you're probably not going to get a huge benefit from. Same goes with something like LED. So LED can be great for stimulating collagen, you know, helping with breakouts. But again, it's something you have to be consistent with. So I find sometimes, even myself, I'll buy something and then it, you know, I get really excited and then I put it away and I sort of forget about it. So, um, and that goes for microcurrent too, which is more for lifting and tightening. And I think you can get a, a subtle benefit. It's just the consistency that matters. Yeah. Does that, that make sense? Consistency is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I think those are kind of maybe a spectrum of, you know, when you're quite young. Um, and maybe you just want a nice glow and you just want to kind of reduce puffiness. I think a jade roller and gua sha can be great. Something like microcurrent maybe is for a slightly older consumer who's really looking more for kind of wrinkles, is wrinkle like prevention. A, and I've got one from Foreo, the Foreo Bear. And it does yes, like, is that, um, like that, that does a combination, I think, of both. So um, does it have lights on it too? No, 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 I've got one that's got lights yeah. on it as well. Because I but think the, they do make a combination yeah, product they, also. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. The bare one is just the, and I really rate it. Yeah. Like it was expensive, but it's so good. And I found a really, when I used it long term, I used it before my wedding and my jawline yeah. is like. It really, I do think, can give you a little lift and a little bit of tightening. It's just, it's going to be to some degree temporary. You know what I mean? It's yeah, something yeah, you have yeah. to continue. And things like microneedling at home as well. What do you make of that That makes me a little more nervous yeah it makes me a little nervous just because anytime you are creating open channels within the skin so that's what needling does it creates tiny little open pores within you know openings within the skin um it just i do worry that you can cause irritation potentially infection so i think that i would say in general i think needling is best left to the professionals um but anything that's going to give you a nice massage that's non-invasive they're going to do lights or even you know home um microcurrent i think is is okay but the needling okay. i would say it makes me makes me a little nervous to okay <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I, I feel like that's okay. That's fairly like so. It's quite a basic skincare re- routine. Like you can't really go wrong. You don't really necessarily need all the gimmicky extra stuff that costs so much. Actually, I was looking at gua sha's yesterday. Yeah. On um, a website, and there was one for like forty quid. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, the stone? Like, was it stone? It was no. It was a metal. Oh, one. metal. Yeah. Sometimes the stones are quite expensive. I. I mean, all that stuff. I think is one of those things that can be great, but I. 
I guess that's part of why I sort of like to, because a lot of my patients come to me mainly for, they come for lots of skin concerns, eczema, acne, rosacea, et cetera. But I do treat a lot of, um, I know, I think we'll get to this later, but, you know, patients who are looking kind of to start their aesthetic journey, um, whether that's injectables, lasers, et cetera. And I think part of why I like to look at it as sort of like a pro-aging approach rather than anti-aging is just because all those things can be great, but I also think you don't have to use them if you don't want to. So you can achieve really good results kind of in your own way and you don't need to feel pressure to kind of buy into all of these things. Some people love to, they want to spend their kind of extra, you know, their extra pot on beauty and that's okay and that's great. They love it. They want to try new things, but some people don't. And so I just feel like you don't have to feel pressure to buy the, to buy into that, if you will. You can I think still get really good results without those things. Yeah. But so I just think it can be really hard because you feel like, oh, my God, I'm not guashing. I'm, you know, I'm going to be behind. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that's necessarily true. I think that's what it is. It's the pressure. Yeah. It's the pressure to be always like be doing more, especially with TikTok now yeah. as well. I've noticed like all these TikTok trend, trends and things that go viral. And you just feel like, oh, I should be adding that into my routine. Yeah. Why aren't I doing that? I should be. She, she looks great. Why am I doing that? Yeah. There's so much pressure. And I've noticed whenever I've gone down those rabbit holes of being like, I need to do that. I need to buy this. Like I bought a microneedling yeah. thing at some point years ago and did it every night. My skin never really actually looked any different for it <laughs> yeah. as when I now is fairly basic because I can't because I'm lazy, basically. <laughs> right. But, and I think some people enjoy the routine and yeah. the the ritual. And that's, you know, I think that can be great. But if you don't, I just don't think you have to buy it. I think TikTok is kind of fascinating, to be honest, especially from a dermatologic point of view, because there's so many things that are trends now, but we've been doing them for years. We just didn't have like a catchy term. Like I thought the skin cycling one, do you remember that was yeah. a year ago or maybe two years ago? I just thought it was so funny. It was like, rotate your products. Like as if that was this like amazing <laughs> new concept. I'm like, we've been telling people to do that for, I don't know, I've been a dermatologist for decades now. You know, it's so funny, but they sort of package it in a really fun and interesting way. So by all means, I mean, it's pretty incredible. But it's uh, a lot of those trends in actuality are not that new. They're just kind of repurposed and rebranded in a way. Skin cycling, it sounds good. Yeah, it sounds it? so it sounds good. Really but I just was telling people for years, like, alternate your products. It's not as sexy. I actually saw a video about that last night. And this is like, this is the one thing you need to do to get amazing skin. And then obviously I'm like, oh, okay, so like, yeah. take, taking notes. But Well, and it's a good one that comes with retinol in particular, because as we were saying, not everybody, retinol can be quite irritating. So a lot of times when people are starting retinol, I might say, okay, use it one night and then on the, the next night use whatever it is, hyaluronic acid or something else to potentially moisturize. And so that is a form of skin cycling. I just, I just didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> so in clinic treatments, which is a obviously a huge part of what you do, um, let's go on to them. Do you want to ask your question? I don't know. I was, just, I was just wondering how you felt about, in general, like what the merit, well, not even merits, but just how you feel about Botox fit injectables. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm very pro just because it is a huge part of my practice. Um, I would say I mainly do aesthetics. So that's things like neurotoxin, which is Botox and fillers, skin boosters, lasers. Um, and But again, I think it's also part of that sort of pro-aging concept, which is where you can some people want to do those things and they make them feel better and they make them feel like sort of the best version of themselves. But equally, if that's not for you, then that's completely okay. And I think that it's that's just a very personal decision. And I don't necessarily think people should be judged for one 
or the other, if that makes sense. There's so much judgment around Botox, it really annoys me. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I have, um, I think it depends a bit on your circle too, like your circle of your Mm. sort of cohort, because I have, I do see predominantly women. um, And I have some women who are all kind of friends. I have lots of groups of friends <laughs> that come to see me and some are very open with each other and they all talk about it and they all they're like, oh, so and so said she had this. You know, could I try it, too? And then I have other groups where they're clearly not telling each other that they're doing anything. That's and it's so, so funny because really? I, I mean, of course, I'd never say anything, but I'm like, I do want to tell them. So and so's doing it, too. You don't have to worry. Like, they're <laughs> so worried about being bruised or that there'll be a sign, oh you know, that God. I'm like, just be open with each other. Like, yeah. it's, there's no shame. But yeah, I think it is one of those things that there is. You're kind of like damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's such a stigma attached to it. Yeah. And I feel as well with, well, how do you feel about filler? Because I, I, I've I, never had Botox for aesthetics. Absolutely not ruling it out. To be fair, that's the minute I stop breastfeeding, I'll probably be coming to see you. But um, <laughs> I've never had it before, but I do have it in my jaw because yeah. of the jaw surgery yeah. and stuff. And I have TMJ and it's so painful. And I haven't been having it while I'm breastfeeding. And the second I stop, I'm so excited for the pain relief. But it's made me realise having it as a pain relief that it is temporary because... Yes. I, when I when it wears off, I'm back in like agony again. So I'm like, yeah. well, obviously it's temporary, which is that feels really good for me to kind yeah. of know that, and it's given me a lot more confidence to want to maybe try it aesthetically because I know that it will wear off. Yeah, but I don't have that confidence with fillers. <laughs> Because I just don't know where it goes. Yes. So I think filler, I think, unfortunately, um, has gets a really bad rap because when there's many, many people walking around who've had filler, you would have no idea. But the ones where maybe it's done overdone or done poorly, that is so it's very, very noticeable. Mm -hmm. So I think, unfortunately, it gets it sort of scares people clearly. Um, The majority of the majority of filler is made of hyaluronic acid. So hyaluronic acid is a sugar molecule, basically, that's, as we know, in skincare care you're actually you actually produce hyaluronic acid naturally so it's part of your skin naturally so when you inject hyaluronic acid into the skin um basically ultimately what happens over time is it it gets broken down by the enzymes that you naturally produce to break down your own hyaluronic acid so it's not there forever one thing that has become very clear is it's there for a lot longer than we thought. So I don't know if you ever, Alice Hart Davis, she's sort of big in the beauty community, but she did a, um, she did sort of a, a whole feature on, she had a, a scan of her face basically, and it showed that she'd had filler from, you know, decades previous. And it still there. And it was still there. Wow. So that there's no danger in that really. I mean, um, filler's been around for a long time. So I think health-wise that's not dangerous. It's just to be aware that you don't want to be then putting tons of filler on top of it. That's where you start to see that sort of go wrong, wrong yeah, if you will. Yeah. So I think filler is one of those things I definitely use and it can be amazing and you can achieve things with filler that really are very hard to achieve with any other intervention. Um, Because what starts to happen as we get older is that as you're aging, unfortunately, you know, when you're young, you have these sort of juicy, they're they're called fat pads, essentially, they're juicy sort of bits of fat within your skin, and they're in all the right places. (laughs) And then as you get as you, as you age, unfortunately, they will thin out, they will hollow, they'll start sliding down uh, the face, which is why you start to see jowling and um, you know, the things that we tend to associate the with aging, sort of fine, you know, the smile lines, um, what we call marionette lines, so the lines between your the corner of your mouth and your chin. And that all has to do with shifting of tissue. And it can be very hard sometimes to improve that if that's what someone's looking for without filler. Um, but I'm just very judicious with my use of it now. I, I really only, you know, I'll use a very small amount and typically no more than once a year for that, an individual patient, because I do feel like it is one of those things that you can 
overdue, unfortunately. Okay. And then just before we carry on, just because uh, um, I'm really interested in like the sort of factual side of things, but then I also feel like for our listeners, there will be probably like questions from a like a morality thing when it comes to filler maybe maybe the kind of like marketing of it to young people yeah like what kind of age really because obviously all power to any woman that wants to do anything to herself and it's your face and your body and do whatever but for when it's being like marketed to younger people how do you feel about like the morality around that sort of thing yeah it makes me deeply uncomfortable so i i'm just very fortunate in that i don't get a lot of young patients for those types of if really any truthfully which is amazing because I it makes me as you I mean I'm sure as you feel the same way very very uncomfortable I think there's a very big difference between and sort of older patient or you know looking to maybe just look the best version of themselves maybe restore something that's been lost that was there before versus a young person who's 18 or 20 who's who just fundamentally wants to look like a different person and that makes me really really uncomfortable Sadly, I think what's happened with the popularity of all of these things, whether it's skincare or treatments, I think there are great upsides. But I also think from a younger point of view, younger consumer, you know, you don't want to make people worried or feel like they need to do something that they don't need. I mean, when you're young, like enjoy being young. I, I don't even like the concept really of like pre-rejuvenation. You know, I yeah. don't really think you don't need that. You just need well, your, just what you just said your basics. About the, you know, like the people having filler in their cheeks is because the fat pads go. So it's, it's like, go. exactly. You've already got the fat pads. Yes. So. And same with the lip, for example, you know, as you, we see so many of these just giant lips like <laughs> smacked on these faces, it just looks crazy. Yeah. Whereas an older, let's say an older woman, maybe, you know, perimenopausal in their 40s, you do you do start to lose volume in your lip. And so I think restoring that and, and I truthfully, I think a lot of those women are actually terrified to have filler because they think I'm going to end up with those big giant lips. Mm-hmm. But that's not what the goal is. The goal is really maybe just to maybe just refresh what you previously had that you've lost a little bit of and and just give you that boost of confidence. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think Botox and fillers that can give you that sort of same way when you get your hair done or got a great facial or you just you have a great outfit you just feel good you know mm-hmm. brings you confidence versus a really young person coming in i just think that's coming from somewhere else and i'm sure. it just makes me a, very uncomfortable do you ever turn pa- uh, patients away oh yeah do yeah really? and i think it's also i think sometimes it's very hard for for doctors and truthfully probably harder for me when i was first starting out i maybe didn't have that yeah. confidence in myself you know to say this i don't want to do this like i said I, I am very fortunate in the sense that i don't for whatever reason our clinic just doesn't really attract of super young kind of that type of consumer looking to really just kind of totally alter their appearance if anything i tend to have sort of older patients, more sort of my age, I'm 47, maybe that's not older, but (laughs) maybe reasonably aged patients for interventions. Um, And they just want to be subtle and they just, which really goes along with kind of my ethos. And, And I think sometimes you do end up in your practice kind of you sort of age alongside the pa- your patients, which is great. So that sort of happens too. I've had patients for many, many, the same patients for many years. And so we, you know, we sort of go through it together and we might start out really small and then just build gradually over time rather than just, you know, going crazy from the outset with tons yeah. of filler and yeah. Botox. Wrapping up Botox quickly, a lot of people wanted to know whether Botox is actually preventative. Yes. 
it is. Is it? Uh, so, yes. So I think, so just to clarify, because I know regu- the regulatory, there's always regulatory around this, but Botox is actually a brand name for neurotoxin, so botulinum toxin. So there are actually other brands too, just we call it Botox. But so Botox, um, there's Bocator, there's Dysport, there's Azalor, but they're all essentially the same thing. They're using botulinum toxin, which um, comes from bacteria. And ultimately, what happens is when you inject the toxin into the muscle, it prevents the muscle from contracting. And that's why you get a softening of wrinkles. So the areas where we tend to use it the most are the frown line, so between your eyebrows, your forehead, and around the eyes, your crow's feet. Um, and so when you do Botox over over a long period of time, so whether it's you know over several years, for example, that does prevent the lines from worsening and in some cases reverses them because you can think about it, if you're not making those contractions with the muscle, those lines won't deepen. Mm. That being said, I, I'm not a huge fan of like what we call pre, I feel like I'm seeing a lot like pre-rejuvenation. So I don't think you need to do Botox or any, you know, any of the neurotoxins before you like quote unquote need it. And generally mm. we say the time to start would be at the first signs of lines at rest. So what you'll see sometimes as you get older is, you know, you furrow your furrow your brow and that line goes away. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> one day, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. go away. <laughs> and you're like, ooh. <laughs> Do I have lines you at know? rest? No. no. Really? No. So I wouldn't need no. Botox now? No. So if you came, I would just say, don't bother yet. Oh. Um, because, again, it's just, another, it's just another <laughs> thing to add... So the list of maintenance, yeah. do you know what I mean? And so... An expensive thing yes. as well. It's so expensive. Yes. And I think when you're, you know, usually, unfortunately, over time, sometimes you do need to do it more frequently. So a lot of times people will start with sort of twice a year, but over time, you may have to do it three to four times a year just to yeah. maintain that same result. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I think it's an investment that if certainly lots of people do it and it makes them feel good and it boosts their confidence, but I don't think you need to jump into that sort mm. of before it's quote-unquote necessary okay we have to go into acne because that made up a huge huge part of the question as you can imagine because i don't know i i i guess you deal with it you deal with this a lot right oh my god acne day in and day out yeah loads of questions what causes it how to treat it will it ever go away hormonal acne yeah what what, if anything can people do to treat hormonal acne i've just thrown a thousand questions yeah yeah yeah. no that's i'm really sorry (laughs) but people want to know yeah yeah no it's what they can do about it it's so hard so i see yeah acne all day every day from Mm. all ages so teenagers all the way through 50s 60s um, particularly for women um so with acne essentially it's largely genetic so it's it's very hard to zero. And it's one of those conditions that we call sort of multifactorial, meaning there are probably many different reasons why that acne is occurring. It's not like one, you can't isolate one and pinpoint one cause and say, okay, if you don't eat this, now it's going to get better. And that's why things like dietary changes, oftentimes, maybe they improve your skin a little, but they're just not enough to get you kind of past the point of breakouts. Um, So, and actually hormonal acne, we call it, we sort of say hormonal acne, usually when we mean kind of acne along the jawline, particularly in women in the lower face. But truthfully, all acne is hormonal. It has to do with hormonal changes within your skin. So a lot of times when you, when patients come in and they might say, okay, you know, maybe I need blood tests to see if there's something like, quote unquote, wrong with my hormones. um, That's not, unless there's other signs like, you know, irregular periods and hair loss, and maybe something thinking we, that patient might have 
polycystic ovarian syndrome or some other underlying hormonal condition, most of the time, if you were to do someone with acne's blood test, their hormone levels would look in their blood would look absolutely normal. So we aren't able to measure hormones within the skin as of like yet with modern medicine. Um, so most acne, like I said, does come from fluctuations within the hormones within the skin. Um, and it tends to be a lot of times in teenagers, you might find that that's very T-zone related because that's where a lot of your oil glands are. But as we get older, sometimes it does shift more to cheeks, lower face, and it becomes that sort of painful, tender, pop, like bump sort of underneath the skin um, that even if you squeeze it, nothing <laughs> comes out. Um, so I think, unfortunately, it can be... And for some people, you can use over-the-counter products, things like retinol, things like salicylic acid, glycolic acid, and that can help. But obviously, the patients that I end up seeing have kind of tried a lot of that at-home um, treatment and haven't been able to kind of see the results that they want. So we do have tons of prescription treatments available, and those range from creams and gels that you apply to the skin um, all the way to Rakutane, which is a medication that's derived from vitamin A and that works to kind of dry up the oil glands to prevent the breakouts. So unfortunately, I think what's happened probably is that there's a lot in our environment that contributes to acne, which is why we're seeing it extend well into adulthood, where maybe it wasn't so much several decades ago. So we're seeing, you know, whether it's chronic stress, whether it's um, things about the Western diet, whether it's like microplastics that we're exposed to constantly, I think probably these all do play a role in the change, those subtle changes within our hormones, within our skin do you think that cause acne. affect it as well? Yes, um, they can do for the better or sometimes for the negative. So yeah, I said this to my doctor when I um, was pregnant. When I had the, I was on the pill and then I had the coil. Yeah, marina coil, and my skin was horrific. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't make the connection because I've been on because I was on hormonal contraception for ten years. I had re and I would get DMs all the time. People saying you have acne. Like people would be like, "Oh, have you tried drugs?" And I was like, "I don't think I have acne. I just have shit skin. I never thought it was acne. I just thought yeah. I had bad skin." And then when I got the coil out. It, it went away. hugely. Yeah. So with oral contraceptives, there's kind of, or coil, there's two kind of ways that you can go about it with hormones. So you can have um, what's called a combined pill, which has both estrogen and progesterone. Mm. Um, and that tends to be helpful for acne versus the Mirena coil, for example, is just progesterone. And you can also have that in a pill form. So they're called mini pills. They're just progesterone. And for some women, that pure just progesterone only um, contraception can really worsen acne. So unfortunately, I do have a lot of patients who have had a marina coil and have had issues. And then it's a real pain because obviously you have to decide. I'd still choose to have whether the marina. You, yes. And the so skin, I've, but... a lot of them have to go through that mm. kind of conversation of do I want to take this out or yeah. do I leave it in and kind of, you know, faff around with other prescriptions to try to control it. It's frustrating. One more question yeah. about skin. Sorry. <laughs> How much does diet really affect skin? For when it comes to acne, I mean, I think, unfortunately, probably not as much as we think it does, which no, is why, yeah. So things like, yeah. So things like the old school, exactly, you know, candy, sweets, dairy, gluten, probably don't have as much of an impact as we think they do. The only thing where sort of sugar comes into it is that there is some evidence that very high glycemic foods, so th foods that make your blood sugar spike very quickly and then drop, can worsen breakouts for some people who are very sensitive. So that's where sugar potentially comes in. But even things like juices and you know other things that you might associate with being healthy, if they're mm -hmm. going to cause that blood sugar spike, it is possible that 
they can worsen breakouts. That's so interesting. That is interesting. My entire teenage life is a lie. (laughs) I know. Dairy. I thought it was dairy. Yeah. So dairy is... And it's really interesting because it tends to flip-flop. I feel like it's sort of like the, um, you know, the HRT conversation where we're always... One decade we're saying HRT is the next best thing and the next decade is don't take it. And so there's been a lot of flip-flopping on diet and acne in particular. Um, The dairy piece... Generally, it's really only now there's evidence to show that a skimmed dairy can cause potentially a worsening of acne, particularly in females, particularly in younger females like teenagers. And that, again, probably has to do with the glycemic index because when you're – so essentially what happens when you're taking whole fat milk and you're making it skimmed, you're taking out fat and replacing it with sugar. So it's probably the same. The it's not the, the dairy. dairy. It's that probably so, the sugar. What in about, my, sorry. sorry. I was going to say, what about dairy and eczema? Is that a different again, conversation? Again, very uh, minimal link. Oh, that's, so I'm allergic to dairy. Sorry, I mix all about me. I'm allergic to dairy. It gives me asthma. But I always thought it came made my skin bad too. Yeah. It, so the eczema piece is very complicated because so eczema, as you know, it sounds like you have all of them, but t- tends to go along with something called atopy, which is like a sensitivity. So it tends to be asthma, seasonal allergies, yeah. and eczema. If I and don't those, have dairy, I have none of those problems. Oh, interesting. No yeah. Eczema, so no the interesting thing about eczema and food allergies is they do tend to go hand in hand in the same person. Um, but the question is, what's the chicken and egg and and are they worsening each other? So we used to think that patients had food allergies and then they would develop eczema yeah. as a result of that. But now some of the thinking has changed where it, it's possible that uh, patients that have eczema, because their skin is – the barrier is, is not um, – is is not like as healthy as it would be in normal skin. It's what we call a leaky barrier. So it's actually allowing allergens in that wouldn't have normally gone in. And wow. that's causing food allergies. God, how interesting. So it's almost like turned on its head, the thinking. And I think, again, those types of relationships between food and eczema, for example, they tend to be a lot more person-specific and not a blanket. Like Love nobody that. with eczema should eat dairy. Yeah. It's more you notice in particular that dairy worsens your your asthma or your skin. Yeah. So then I would say, well, you should definitely cut it down. But there isn't a blanket type of food that's known to worsen eczema. That's so good to know for people, I think, because that's, people that's, are, that's yeah. the TikTok thing as well, just like, yeah, like don't... so diagnostic. Yeah, yeah. Poor dairy. Nobody <laughs> dairy is always blamed for everything. <laughs> so I... I have eczema and my and my dad does as well and he's always said that citric acid makes it worse and I love grapefruits but I don't eat it because of my eczema because I'm convinced that it makes my eczema worse but is there no link no proven no link? no and the other thing you I mean We're what, what you, you a grapefruit for yeah, yeah. yeah and what you can do as well it's I mean it's a bit of a chore but I do often tell patients who and sometimes people do have sensitivities to foods you know yeah. but um, I think it can be really helpful to keep a, like a food journal, essentially, which just for a month. And if you really just track, you know, even just on your phone, you know, I ate a grapefruit today and all of a sudden, you know, I had yeah. a big flare up. Um, I think that can be super helpful, particularly for individuals, because it, it's very hard to pinpoint, you know, for a group of people what foods could potentially be causing their skin issue whether that's psoriasis eczema or acne i have heard people say things like dairy is so inflammatory and blah blah blah, blah. and actually so, it's so bad so i mean like, i know i'm allergic to it but for everyone else it's really annoying because <laughs> that always like that always made sense in my head like oh you know because it's sebum in yeah. acne in spots right so yeah. i was like okay so the more fat you eat the more sebum yeah. you make yeah like 
Not but you all know well, people that eat terribly really and have, have amazing skin. skin. Yeah. And a lot of it's down to genetics too, unfortunately. But I think that in those kind of situations where it, it could be or could not be, I think doing a, f- a food sort of log, even like yeah. set for just a month, can be really helpful because you really will notice it a little yeah. bit. That being said, things like rosacea, sometimes foods can worsen rosacea, but almost in an indirect way. So rather than it being, for example, um, so coffee or um, or spicy foods, it's not so much what it actually is that you're con- in- ingesting. It's more the heat or the spice of it that causes the flushing. So right. so again, it's these, these foods sort of get a bad reputation yeah. with these skin conditions, but it's maybe in, in a different way than you think that they're worsening or causing a flare-up. Okay, I have like five personal questions. <laughs> Why do I get eczema in random patches? And it never comes anywhere else. It's just these these specific patches. I will always get it in those same ones. Where are the patches? Anywhere? Here, oh, down uh-huh. my wrist, um, on my little fingers. And then, I mean, behind my rings, but that makes sense. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. yeah. And then a little bit behind the back of my knees. Yeah, so I was going to say in childhood, it's very common to have um, eczema in we call like the flexural areas. So that's behind the knees, anywhere that things are bending. So yeah. um, the crook of the elbow and then behind the knees, neck, et cetera. Um, as we get older, though, it does sometimes localize to really random places and you just don't have a reason. I find a lot of times in adults, this is maybe just anecdotally, but it tends to be hands, eyelids, and around the mouth are just very common. But the interesting thing about that is particularly with acne, a lot of times people say, oh, it's only on my, you know, my right side of my face. So I think maybe it's from my phone or it's there's some reason it's because I'm sleeping yeah. on that side. And unfortunately, it's just random. It's to, random. To, yeah. We can't talk about X-Men without talking about something that was asked literally a hundred times, <laughs> um, which was topical steroid withdrawal. So I think <laughs> not maybe in the way that they're describing. I guess the thing with topical steroids is I think, unfortunately, there is a lot of negative discussion around them. And for things like psoriasis and eczema, they can be super pres- helpful. Sorry, just to, for clarity, this is prescribed like yes. hydro- hydrocortisone cream Yeah, or so typically you can get things like hydrocortisone are sort of the lowest potency, and those are often available over the counter. But then um, more potent steroids would be available by prescription. Yeah. Um, and I think what sometimes happens with steroids, in particular I see it with patients with eczema, is they're, they get afraid to use them because they hear all these sort of negative things. So rather than... So I kind of liken the best best way to use steroids, topical steroids, is is almost like interval training. So you have a flare-up and you blast the flare-up with the steroids. You use it consistently mm-hmm. twice a day for a week, two weeks, and that, it go, you know, it goes. Unfortunately, I think what happens is patients are often nervous to do that. So rather than do that, they'll put a little bit on and then maybe like a day later or two days later, they put a little bit more on. So unfortunately, it's you're never quite getting rid of the rash. It's just sort of simmering under the surface and you're slightly controlling it. And so that's potentially where I think you could see a rebound like that, where it was never really gone to begin with. So then you stop the steroid and all of a sudden it it flares up. Okay. But whether there's a true dependence, I mean, on ster- topical steroids, there's really no scientific evidence to show that. So it's not like you can use it and then all of a sudden your skin needs it and and then you stop it and it goes it. away. The one thing where I do see it quite a bit though, and I don't know if anyone asked about perioral dermatitis, that's a, quite a common skin condition where um, you get little red bumps or flesh colored bumps around the mouth. Sometimes it can also look kind of like eczema, sort of dry and flaky, very, very common in women and particularly common in women who love to play with 
different skincare products because I think sometimes what happens is you sort of get a bit of like an irritation from that product. Um, but what often what I see is that for that perioral dermatitis, um, someone might be prescribed a steroid or they'll pick up like a hydrocortisone from the pharmacy. And the problem with that is that it temporarily helps while you're using it, but then the minute you stop it, you really do see it's not a it's not a withdrawal, but it's a rebound. I mean, a crazy rebound. And so then people don't know what you know. They think, oh my gosh, I have to use the steroid again because mm. this is making it. You know, now that I've gone off, it's gotten worse. So for perioral dermatitis, you definitely want to avoid topical steroids. Okay. But for eczema and psoriasis, um, you know, and things like contact dermatitis, there's definitely a role for topical steroids. And I think it just has to be how they're used has to be managed rather than all sort of scaremongering that goes on because they are a mainstay of treatment for sure. That's actually I have to, to use them all the time. I've never been scared of them and now I am. Sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll put that on. I'll no. Because those videos are so terrifying. Yeah. I haven't seen them. Yeah. They're so terrifying. And a lot of them are like start out like I had this tiny little rash on my arm and now my face has fallen I'm, off yeah exactly yeah. now I can't even like open my mouth okay fine that's good to know okay we've got to wrap it up we've huh? got to wrap it up but just quickly before you go on a very personal note I can't let you go without asking you um do you get to do a lot of pimple popping Oh yeah, and if so oh, I'm so so yes. jealous. Literally. Oh my god! Just yesterday, oh. I had two patients actually who were there for Botox, but they both had these blackheads, and I was like, I just can't let you walk out the door oh without gosh. getting that out. I just can't do it. Oh, Did you do god. it? Oh yeah, they're Was amazing. Oh. And then I have to. Sh- I don't even sure they want to know, but I show them that what I get no, out because it's just so satisfying. Stunning. I. It's funny. I haven't watched videos in a long time, but I could just watch those removal ones like set to Me music too. for hours. Don't you just love that? beautiful piano music yeah. and I'm like, I just like to do it myself it's so calming I don't like watching the videos but I want to do it like oh and Alex is doing his teeth I'm like oh you have you still. seen the one where they take it's like a jelly bear yeah. and it has like the pimple, fake pimples in it and I they pop it one. oh my god they're amazing is it so do you use it so they give you they give you vitamin E to go into it. You have to warm the vitamin E up in the oh, microwave and then put it in and then oh, put it. It's, it's a an bit, absolute no, 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 no. It has to come pre-filled with the pimples. Yeah, yeah but it's oh yeah, it's so, so funny. Videos. Thank you so much. Yeah, Sorry, we've thrown like a million questions me. at you, but thank you. thank you. That's been so useful and helpful. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Should I delete that? Is part of the ACAS Creator Network. 